Welcome to the Female Founder Friday podcast, a collection of inspiring conversations with the most interesting female entrepreneurs and small business owners. I'm your host, Lindsay White, and together with my incredible guests, we'll explore the struggles of being a female entrepreneur, the most important lessons, and the future of women leaders in business. And speaking of struggles, one of the biggest challenges that so many of my clients are experiencing right now is this feeling of isolation. Let's be honest, it's lonely being an entrepreneur, and even if you have a team, you may not have the community around you that truly understand what it's like to be a business owner. That's why I've created the Inner Circle Group Program. It's a specially curated group experience that's designed specifically for female entrepreneurs as a space to create connection, build confidence, share our collective wisdom, and build our leadership. It's a safe place to talk about the really hard things. If this sounds like the right place for you, I want you to check it out at highvoltageleadership.ca. Today, my guest is Linda Healer. She's a life and executive coach and is the owner of Live Inspired Life Coaching and the host of the Normal Lies podcast. Linda's journey as a female founder is one of incredible personal growth and transformation. And through her amazing journey, she's found her authentic voice, her true passion, and her calling to help those she serves challenge those lies that we tell ourselves. I hope that you'll enjoy this episode. Okay, wonderful. Linda, thank you so much for being on the Female Founder Friday podcast. I am so excited to have you with us uh, today. Uh, and um, I think we're just going to have a fantastic conversation. Oh, I know we are. Thank you so much for having me here today. Uh, yeah, I, I just I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, awesome. Well, to start off with, why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey as a female founder? Oh boy. So I before, so I'm a coach. I, I call myself a life and executive coach. And that's not where I started. So I actually started in the dental field. Mm. I was a dental hygienist for over 20 years before I became a coach. And the, you know, it doesn't sound like that is what I, you know, where, where do I go from there? Right. How did I go from dental hygienist to coach? Um, Well, the thing about it is dental hygiene was never my passion. Mm -hmm. I knew that there was always something else that I wanted to be doing, but it really didn't matter because I had a lot of social anxiety from growing up as a, as, as a kid and then a teenager, and then even as an adult. And I went to therapy. It was wonderful, healed the past, forgave my parents, did all of that stuff. Right. But I still had that fear. And I kept going back to my therapist and saying, Hey, you didn't fix me because I know there's something that I want to do, but I am just too afraid to, to try anything. And, you know, I got married and married my high school sweetheart and I knew I wanted to have kids. So dental hygiene just seemed like the best of, I could have all the the best of all worlds because dental hygiene was a a job that I could do part-time, make full-time money, and I could be the primary caregiver for my kids, but I was always looking for what was next. Mm 
And so when my kids got to the point where they were coming up and they were, my daughter was graduating from high school. My son was three years behind her. I was like, okay, you've thrown yourself into your, your kids. I mean, my family was my thing. And it's like, I don't want them to be afraid to leave mom and be afraid that I'm going to fall apart because I don't have them as a buffer for myself in the world. So that's when I decided that since my therapist couldn't fix me, I was going to fix myself and become a therapist. So I went back to school and uh, to be a licensed clinical social worker. And I hated it. (laughs) I hated it because it was all abnormal psych and crisis intervention. And I wanted to, I wanted to learn how to step outside my comfort zone without fear. And that was not what I was learning. And just along the same time as I was doing that, I found a book group. I read a book, actually, I should say it was part of Oprah's book club called A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. Oh, yes. Yes. You know, are you familiar with that book? Yeah. And I wanted to talk to people about it because it was just really, it was, it was really eye opening to me. Mm -hmm. And um, so I found a book group here in uh, when I live in a very small town, I have a town of like 6,000 people. I think we have more cows than people here. And, (laughs) and I live south of Rochester, New York. And, um, and that, that to me, you know, Rochester's not a big city, but for me, it's a big city, especially when you have anxiety. So I found this book group in the big city of Rochester, and I had to figure out a way how to get to that book group. And so, because I was afraid to drive past a few miles past my town, because what if I got lost? I mean, this was back in 2008. If I got lost, I would have to stop and ask for directions because we didn't have GPS then. Right. So, so anyway, I, I got a friend from work to ride with me that first night so I could figure out how to get there. And if I did have to stop and ask for directions, she could get out and and she could, she could ask for directions. And so I stayed in that book group for, for over two years. And we read that book a couple of times. We read a couple of other books. I met my best friend to this day. And it was a, it was a life coach who facilitated that conversation, who facilitated the group. And after about six months, I got up the courage to ask him what he did as a coach. And when he told me, Hey, I help people with their goals, give them the tools, you know, and strategies to step outside their comfort zone. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I think this is what I need. And this is what I've been looking for. So I, I interviewed a few coaches, ended up working with a coach and said, after about a month of working with my coach, I said, yep, this is exactly what I've been looking for my whole life. This is my purpose, my passion. And so I did coach training, graduated in 2010 from uh, a coach training program, got my uh, International Coach Federation credentialing in 2014. Awesome. And here I am. 
That was probably way more than what you wanted to know. <laughs> oh, I love that. I, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm an ICF credentialed coach as well. So yes. I, I, I really do. Um, I really do deeply connect to the power of um, what a great coach can do uh, for your life, for your business, for um, just the perspective that you have on yourself and how you relate to the world. Um, and so you're totally speaking to my heart mm -hmm. um, because that's what I've dedicated my life to doing, particularly around female uh, entrepreneurs and small business CEOs. Um, but I, what a beautiful story of how, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I too see a counselor and a therapist. And so I know how much value they can bring to your life, but um, there is a point at which I think coaching be, can become um, really for, you know, so forward thinking that it really leads you um, to a path that you dream, never maybe even dreamed possible. Right. Yes, I agree. I agree. Yes. Counseling is so, and therapy is so important. Yeah. And I like to, I, I, they're not mutually exclusive. Some no. people think that they are. So I say that coaching picks up where counseling leaves off. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, I often use the metaphor and, and this is, if you've seen Thelma and Louise, this is the metaphor that this is the picture. It's always in my head is you're driving in the big blue convertible Cadillac and, um, you know, the coaching is what leads you uh, down that beautiful road. It's all about what's through the windshield. It's moving forward. And yes, sometimes there's junk in the trunk, uh, particularly yeah. <laughs> in Cadillac, where you could hide a couple bodies in the, um, and really it is the therapy that helps you unpack that junk in the trunk, right? It helps you, yes. in, it really in the rear view mirror as you so eloquently alluded to what has happened in your past and how that is contributing to your behavior today. Um, and then there's a beautiful intersection and blending of where then starting to work with a coach can help you really start to see through that windshield, what is coming down the road? How are you going to manage it, the curves, the bumps, the potholes, if you will? Um, mm -hmm. And but what's the direction that you're heading? And so that's always the metaphor that I sort of use with people. If nothing else, it makes people laugh because everybody loves Thelma and Louise. Not that we want to drive ourselves off a cliff. Um, but, but maybe the coaching prevents you from doing that. Um, hopefully, yes. Hopefully. But you're right. There's a beautiful space there um, where you may have examined what's in the past and, and sometimes you don't know how to move forward from that. So that's where I think coaching can really help people take off um, and, and find the transformation uh, that mm -hmm. they've uh, long for in their lives and their businesses and all their interactions, all their connections, all their, um, uh, all their relationships. So I really, I love the way you describe that. So tell us a little bit about your journey today as a female entrepreneur and in your practice, how did you get to where you are today as a coach? A, a lot of hard work. And when I say that it, it's mainly personal work. So you, you know, as a, as a coach, we have to continue to do our own personal work, our personal development work, because if we stagnate, then our clients are going to stagnate. And so where I started back, you know, 10 years ago, I cannot believe the person I say that I'm not the same person that I was back then. I am the same person. I've just peeled back the layers Yes. Of all of the stuff 
that was keeping who I really am covered up. Yeah. And so basically I, and, and I really, I, I really try not to judge myself for this. I'm, I am 10 years into my business. Yeah. I wish I was further along. Yeah. Um, I guess, I guess we all wish we're for, we were further along. Totally. I think you're right. Yeah. 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 So, um, and I see each day I'm again, peeling back those layers and it is helping my business then to be more successful because I'm constantly looking at, okay, what is the mindset that is creating resistance to this resistance to social media. Okay. What's going on there? What's the story? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I think personally that anybody, you know, you work with businesses, I think, and I'm sure you see this too. You can tell me if this is true, that if we're not looking at what is going on between our ears and the thoughts that are going on there, then we will likely stagnate or we're going to be so stressed out and anxious. We're not going to enjoy our, the fruits of our labor personally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do find that to be true on, on an individual level. Cause I'm with you. I think anybody who says there's a coach that doesn't have a coach of their own is garbage. I'll just be bold in saying that. Um, because coaches should, and always are the best always are, continually committed to personal improvement. Um, Mm -hmm. that, that isn't something they talk about or coach on. It's something they believe in deeply. So I am 100% with you on that. And if a coach is doing that work, they are constantly uncovering new levels for themselves. And then just deeply desiring to bring that uh, to their clients in the way that's appropriate. Right. So I say hundred percent, I hundred percent believe in that. And it is, I mean, I, I've been on my journey. uh, This is my third year in business. The first year I, of course, I I spent working on my coach training. So I'm, I'm a little newer to the game uh, than you are. Um, as a professional coach, spending years in HR, I did a lot of coaching, but in a far more controlled environment, I guess I would say, right? Inside mm-hmm. of a corporate HR role. Um, but since expanding that, man, it's just beautiful what you can uncover. And it's constantly about uh, uncovering what is in your own head. There's absolutely no doubt. Um, I often say to my clients, you can't read the label from inside the bottle. Yeah. Um, and that is the value in working for with a coach is that they can help you see and understand what is going on in your own head from a very different angle, things you just can't see for yourself, right? Yes, it is. And it's, it's giving people the space to say what they need to say in a space that's non-judgmental. Right. So it's saying those things that you, you know, you, we have our friends and we have, we might have close family but there are certain things that you would, that I, that I would, or my clients would not want to say yeah. to them yeah. for fear of being judged or, oh. or saying that. And then they might not judge in that, in that moment, but, you know, holding on to that, you know, that it might come up, their words might come back at them at some point. Right. So I just really feel that it's, And then getting that outside perspective, right? Because as friends and family, 
they're too invested. They love us, right? They, they love us. They want the best for us. And so some of, sometimes their questions, sometimes what's coming up, we might take them the wrong way. Yeah. And even though they're coming from love, we could take them that that's being, it's a criticism. That question is steeped in criticism when it's really just a question, but with a coach, it's important. And you know, this, it's important to find a coach that you trust. 100%. And and if you don't trust that, that coach, I'm going to use the word loves, loves you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, has your back and wants the best for you. Then it's just like taking your time and money and throwing it out the window. 100%. Yeah. I, I, you know, and I do say that to my clients, like the coaching relationship is one of the deepest, most meaningful relationships you can have Mm -hmm. because you're going to say things to your coach that you wouldn't say to anyone else. You're going to express feelings and fears and joys and, and work through those in a way that you couldn't possibly with anyone else because everyone else, you know, potentially has an agenda for you. Maybe an agenda like deep love and affection. Um, But the truth is, as a coach, our, our agenda for you, uh, we hold the agenda for you is how I sort of describe it. Um, And I think you're right. I think we can't get that anywhere else. Um, And it's so critical to being able to examine those thoughts, those beliefs, those underlying sort of limitations, the story that we create for ourselves that sometimes we don't even know is present. So, so I mean, you are just, I could talk about this all afternoon. (laughs) I know. Um, Because this is, I mean, that clearly this is the stuff that we love to do. So yes, it is a passion. Who, who do you particularly work with? What's your focus in your coaching practice? Well, I work with women mainly um, and women who are kind of maybe in a transition period. Mm-hmm. And I like the transition like 45 to 65. Okay. So those might be women who are, their kids are coming up there and they've thrown themselves into their family. Maybe they're working at a job they don't really love. And now their kids are going to be gone. And now there's going to be more time for them. Yeah. Um, or they're getting ready to retire and they have no idea what they want to do. Um, or the, or the word that I get most of the time is I'm just feeling stuck. Like, yeah. and, and to the point where they're not happy, but this is, I get this all the time. It's like, I don't want to complain. I have a good life. I really have it all. I have, and you know, they're talking about like the, and I'm from, you know, the American dream, you know, having it all, um, you know, the, the, the kids, the, the husband or, you know, a relationship, the house, the, the job, but they're just not happy. Right. And they're really embarrassed to say that because they, by all the world standards, they have it all. Right. Right. Yeah, I I can totally, I can totally see that. I should be, I can hear the phrase, I should be grateful. Yes. And yet something is missing for me. I don't feel completely fulfilled. I totally get that. That, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense, Linda. Um, I think that's a beautiful, a beautiful woman to serve in your coaching practice to help her truly peel back her own layers and uncover what do I want to be? right? What does this last, essentially last half of my life look like, right? Because if we're in between 45 to 65, 
we really are approaching that middle-aged space where, yeah, we don't have to raise kids anymore. And we don't, we don't have to do a bunch of things for other people, but what does that look like for me? Right. What does that, yes. I love that. That's beautiful. Well, and I want to tell you a story about one, one woman who came to me and she was basically going from family member to family member. She had sold her house and, and she was living with family members and her, um, her daughter-in-law recommended that she speak with me because she's like, I don't know what I want to do. And I, I just really feel lost. Yeah. And, and so we worked together and she, within six months, she decided she wanted to move like three States away, live out in the mountains, bought this house, set up her life. And she just was so happy within because she basically found what she wanted, not what everybody else was telling her to do. And that woman turned 80 years old while we were working together. Wow. What a beautiful discovery. That's that's a wonderful story, Linda. I I really love that. What a a wonderful time in your life to uncover what you really want to do. Yeah. And the point of that is you're never too old. No, you're never too old to say, I deserve to be happy. I, I want to be happy and I want to be fulfilled. And, and it was cool because we worked together for six months, I believe it was. And now we just, we keep in touch and every once in a while, she's like, Hey, I've got something that I'm working on. Can, you know, I set up a session with you and it's great. I, I love it. That's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. I love that a lot. Um, Linda, I want to know from your perspective, you've been in your practice now for over a decade. Tell us, has there been a moment where you've made a, a like a big mistake or done something a bit messy? <laughs> what, did that, what did that look like, Linda? Oh boy. Yes. So, uh, yeah, a few years ago, I got really sick. I I had a really bad case of shingles. Oh dear. Yeah, my that's a whole nother story. Um, I my immune system was down, so I I ended up with this very severe case of shingles, and so I was flat on my back for months. I was able to keep up the clients that I had, but I wasn't bringing on any new clients, and so I got really scared. Mm-hmm. And, and about that time, uh, it came across my, uh, my, my desk, uh, my computer, these sales coaches mm-hmm. who said, oh, we can turn your income around in, you know, such and such, such and much time. And so I, you know, I went to one of their workshops and, I talked to some people who had worked with them and I came home and I just, I, I was just in such a state. I was scared. I was really scared because it was like, am I going to lose my business? I I have to do this. And I'm just starting to feel better. And now I got to get out there. I've got to do something. And I don't know how, you know, and I've got to do something quick. So I spent a lot of money hiring these sales coaches And I, you know, I have to tell you, Lindsay, it was, it was the, it was the worst mistake I ever made. And it was the biggest lesson Mm -hmm. in 
it was, and it was, it was a lot of money, but it was worth it because what I learned was in six months that I worked with them, I didn't get one client. Wow. Wow. It was, yeah, because they were telling me to do this. This is the formula. Right. Do this, 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 and this, and you will increase your income. Well, I was doing this, 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 and this, but what I didn't take into account is what I tell people, what I do as a coach is you have to connect with who you are. And if it, if what you're doing doesn't fit with your integrity, then people are going to pick up on that. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. It was not me. And it was miserable. I was miserable. And I'll never forget sitting on the couch one day with my husband. And I just said, I I was basically in tears. I go, I can't do this anymore. This is, this is, this feels yucky to me to do these sales tactics. This is not me. And I said, I want to do this the way that I want to do this. And, and he says, well, what is that? And I said, I'm going back to what I learned in the dental office educating people that the dentists that I work for the, the most, most of the, my, the majority of my career, he was about giving us time to educate patients. So if someone needed a root canal, I had the time to explain to them why they needed a root canal or why they needed a crown. And then what he would say, he'd come in and, and he would say, yep, this is what you need and go get a second opinion. Right. So I took that and I started saying, look, let's do a coaching consultation. Yeah. Let's see if, if you need coaching, do you need coaching or do you need counseling or do you, are you just looking for somebody to tell you what to do? Yeah. Cause that's, that's not me. Yeah. And go out and interview at one or two other coaches. Yeah. So it immediately releases any pressure. I'm not selling. I just want to make sure that the client gets exactly what they want and that they, they have the person that fits best for them. Yes. Beautiful. Yeah. So like I said, that was, yeah, I spent a lot of money and you know, it still makes me cringe when I think about that. However, since I got that lesson, it's just totally turned me around. I, I don't sell coaching. No, I don't. I just have conversations. Yeah. I love that. I don't sell coaching. I just have conversations. That's brilliant. That's Mm -hmm. brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and I let people decide what they need. Isn't that what coaching is all about is letting people make their own choices. And I may say, look, I'd like to throw my hat in the ring. Yeah. So, you know, I think, you know, I think we would be a good fit, but it doesn't matter what I think. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. That's the truth. It's not about me. I mean, that's no that's the beauty of coaching is that it's not, it's all about the client. It's all about their agenda. It's all about what they need. It's not about us. And so right. they really get to own all of it, including finding the right fit for them. Um, and, and you know what, Lindsay is, is that, in that, in that coaching consultation, that to me is the beginning of their coaching right Right. there, whether they, whether they end up working with me or not, it's about tapping into what they want. 
and making sure they're educated so that they're, they're comparing coaches because not everybody, you know, anybody can just print out a card and say they're a coach. Oh Lord. Yes. That's it. Right there. And, and there are people who do that. And so I want people to know, okay, is that important to you? If someone says, oh, I don't care if they have training or not. Okay, that's good. You know that so that we're going to make sure that you have a checklist so that when you do, if and when you do go out and interview another coach, you're going to know exactly what you want and what you're looking for. So you're comparing apples to apples and not apples to oranges. Love it. I absolutely love it. And you're right. I do think that that is really the start of the coaching process is that if you're approaching someone and it's about them driving their agenda, that's not coaching right there on face value. That is consulting or something or something besides that. But coaches do not drive their own agenda. Coaching, real coaching is about your agenda and what you need and helping you uncover that. So I really love that you have drawn a really lovely line there um, in what it is and what it isn't. Because I think sometimes that's very difficult for people to understand. Because you're right, lots of people call themselves coaches. Not all of them are. I think actually a large number of them are consultants. They provide, I agree. They provide expertise. They provide 12 steps. They say, do this and then do that. That, in fact, is not coaching. And, and I do draw a pretty big line there. So we are completely aligned on that, Linda. That's wonderful. Um, I also love that you took what was obviously a very expensive lesson and have translated that into something really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I think we have to, yeah. I, because this is, this is, well, and the thing is, these lessons are going to keep coming up until we learn them. So it's like, okay, this is an expensive lesson for me. <laughs> I better get this. Oh, yeah. And I think, I think the, but I think the, um, the biggest lesson to come out of that was no one has the answers for me. No, no. And even as a coach, I had to learn that I went to them for them to give me the answer. Yeah. And, and I, it's like, oh, Linda, what are you doing? It's like, oh, you're a coach. (laughs) You should know better than this, but you know what? That's okay. It's okay. Because I did get the lesson. Like I got it, but I still fall back into it. I still fall back when I get, you know, I get a little lazy and it's like, oh, just give me the answer. (laughs) It's like, no. (laughs) And if there was an easy answer, wouldn't it be readily available? Right. But that that's right. Is there are, there are no easy answers because everyone's answer is going to sound different. And you know what it get, it, what kills me. And I don't know if you get them too, is now I get these, uh, these people who market themselves toward coaches. Oh yeah. And who have, you know, get clients, you know, fill your practice in 30 days or, or, you know, and, or make six figures in a month. (laughs) And and now I look at that and, and I just laugh and go, the only people who are making money on those are those people. Yeah. And they're just selling those. 
yeah, they're just preying on others' lack of confidence. I, I completely agree. And it's not that I don't do um, training uh, like you do, Linda. I'm always right, right. For myself. And sure, there's things I know about and other things I don't. So I, I seek out experts to help me with the things I don't. But yeah, I and well, and I, I got to be honest with you. To me, those, you know, you, you know, build your six and seven figure business. To me, that, that actually turns me off because money mm-hmm. is a metric. Money's not a value. Money is a metric. Money's a metric mm. of success. Success is the value, right? So yes. but there are a thousand different, actually, there's probably 7 billion different ways to measure success. Um, but so and money's only one of them. So if that's the only metric of success that you are focused on, then you are missing all those other metrics, including your relationships, your connection, your work-life blend. All of those are pieces that measure success as well. And everyone will have a different definition of that value. Um, But to me, and my husband probably shudder to hear me say this, money isn't my metric, right? Um, so I right. think that's, that's the problem, but we all got to pay our bills and, and they, and they do, they kind of prey on that, don't they? Um, so that's, on, well, so. yeah. And I think that's a whole, that's a whole other conversation. I think is making sure that it, I, that is, so we want to, that's not our top value. Money is not our top value. However, like you just said, we have to stay in business. We've got a pair of bills. So exactly. And, and I want to help people. So I do have to make money. And that was something, again, you talk about peeling back the layers. It's taken me a long time to say, this is my rate yeah, and, and, and not apologize for it and not give discounts everywhere or do, oh my gosh, when I first started pro bono coaching, which was, I mean, you, you do that because you have to get hours and you're a newbie. And, but then it gets to the point where it's like, okay, no, not anymore. And I know with coaching, because we do look at that. We look at the tough stuff, you know, all the dark stuff and to get it all shine the light on it. People have to have some skin in the game. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. They're not going to show up for themselves unless they have some skin in the game and know that, you know, they're plunking down that green stuff. So they better show up for themselves and they better do the work. I mean, I, I'm going to show up, you're going to show up and, you know, we're going to coach our butts off. We're going to be there and we're going to do what we need to do, but really it's the clients. They have to do the hard work of transformation. That's right. But we're going to be there every step of the way with them. And that's the cool thing about it is that partnership and cultivating that partnership. Love it. I love it. So I have one sort of last question for you. And you've, I think you've already articulated this throughout the conversation, but how do you lead in your business, Linda? What does that mean to you? Oh, that's a really great question. How do I lead in my business? I've never thought about that before. Mm. I've never thought about how I lead in my business because I've been in leadership positions in organizations and I like to lead by uh, bringing people together and, um, and, and, and making sure all the voices are heard. Love that. Yeah. 
And I don't know how that translates. I mean, how that translates to my business. The, the only thing, the thing that's coming up right now is I have, um, I have recently hired a couple of women to help me with my business, one for marketing and she did a beautiful marketing plan for me. Absolutely gorgeous. And then I hired another woman to help me update my, the, the text or the copy on my website because it was just so old. And, and so, um, I loved it because the, when I was working on the, the, the copy for the website, we were able to use the marketing plan to inform yes that. Yes. And then, and then I went back to my marketing person and said, this is the text. This is what I want to do next. Can you help me create this? And this is the text that we came up for my website. So we were able to take them and interweave them and collaborate. And so I think that, I think that being a solopreneur yeah. is difficult for me because I love to, I love to that collaboration and that teamwork. Yes. And so I loved that work. Yeah. So I don't know if that answers your question. Oh, no. Though. no, I think that's, that's beautiful. That, I mean, that's totally a CEO move, right? Is first of all, knowing, okay, I need to make some updates, some changes, something needs to be different as you grow and your practice grows. It's always evolving. First of all, so identifying that second of all, finding the right people to work with. Right. And that doesn't mean that you have to employ them full time, but you obviously sought out some great consultants to help you bringing them together and leading that process. I, I think that that's really beautiful that you did that and created that collaborative collaborative space. Only you could have done that. Right. That mm. that's and you're right. As solopreneurs, do we necessarily identify ourselves as leading in our business? No, often we define that very narrowly that we have to have employees, but realistically as female founders and entrepreneurs, we lead our clients in the way that we engage in conversation with them and bring them through our sales process. We lead our consultants, our experts in how they help us build our business. So I think you articulated that beautifully. Wow. Thank you for this because you're absolutely right. Now from our pre, from our conversation about like the, the consultation, it is a collaborative effort Yeah, and you're right. And with my clients, you're right. It is a collaboration, the two of us working together. So, so yeah, you, thank you. Look at you. you. (laughs) No, I think that's brilliant. And I I love that you actually articulated that because I think it's important to call that out. We lead, we lead in our lives and then we lead in our businesses. And the two things are connected because especially as coaches, uh, we are the business. Um, And I, I think it's really important that we start to really understand how we are leading. Um, so I, I really, I love the way uh, you show up. I love the way um, you created that collaborative space that then moves you and your business forward. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Awesome. Wow. Well, Linda, thank you so much for a, just a lovely conversation today. I feel like I could talk to you, our coaching philosophies and, and our business approach is so completely aligned. I feel like I could just talk two more hours away with you today. Um, Agreed. But I do appreciate you sharing your story here and what you've learned and where you kind of goofed and how you recovered. I think that's just, um, that's super generous of you to bring that to the conversation today. 
Well, I thank you for this opportunity to be on your podcast. And I'm looking forward to you coming on my podcast. So we will continue this yes. conversation. <laughs> yes, exactly. So stay tuned, everyone. Yes. Linda and I will continue this chat and we'll not let you know uh, when I'm going to be a guest on Linda's podcast, which will be so fun. Yes. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Lindsay. To everyone tuning in today, thank you so much for listening to the Female Founder Friday podcast. I was so inspired by Linda's message of authenticity, integrity, and true connection. And I'd love to hear what you thought of today's episode. So please feel free to share your thoughts in the comments below. You can find Linda and her Normalize podcast where you're listening right now. And you can connect with me on Instagram at High Volt Leadership. The Female Founder Friday podcast has a goal to impact a thousand listeners, and it would mean the world to me if you left this episode a five-star review and shared it with all your friends. Let's build up to inspiring a thousand female entrepreneurs. Thanks so much for being a part of the show, and don't forget to connect with me at highvoltageleadership.ca.